What's up, guys? It's Aru. And this is Arsh. And welcome back to the Two Brothers and Their Sports podcast. Baylor beat Gonzaga last Monday and came out strong in the beginning. Arsh, what are your thoughts on that game? I think this was an insane game. And the reason I think this was it was it was like David versus Goliath, I, I think, because everyone was saying, oh, my God, Gonzaga's amazing. Jalen Suggs hit one of the best shots of all time. To me, I think that's totally a fluke. He obviously he was trying to swish it. That's what you try to do when you try to make a shot. You try to swish the basket, and he 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 was wide right. It hit the backboard just right for him to bank it. I know for a fact he was not trying to bank it. That's not what he was trying to do. That's like that's like having a multiple choice quiz with letters A to like A to Z Z, and you why do you mean A and then. To, to Z, and then A, A, B, B, all the way to Z, Z. So, like, double the alphabet. Like, because it's way more. The chances of that happening is insanely not going to happen. Like, it's not going to happen. And it somehow happened. And Jalen Suggs was not trying to do that. He was trying to swish it. It goes just perfectly right for him to swish it. I mean, to bake it in, and that's history. But Johnny Juzang and UCLA was an amazing team. They, the uh, Gonzaga got so lucky to get by them, and then Baylor exposed them for who, for Gonzaga, what, how they're really playing, which is not bad. They're playing amazing. But if you remember, if you can go back to December already, uh, Gonzaga and Baylor's game got canceled because of all the COVID stuff. And what happened was they were they wanted to play again, and obviously they ended up playing in the national championship. But if they played, then I believe that uh, Gonzaga would have won this game because they would have knew what Baylor was, and ba- but since they didn't, and Baylor, of course, was just studying everything from Gonzaga, I think Gonzaga came into this game a little too overconfident. But anyway, I think Baylor really studied Gonzaga, and Baylor never trailed. They were always leading Gonzaga, or obviously tied at the beginning of the game. But you, you understand what I'm saying. Baylor was just so dominant in this game, and Davion Mitchell... Uh, he's an amazing player, and uh, Butler was just draining threes left and right. They're gonna be, they're they should both be drafted in the first round. And I overall amazing game, and uh, congrats to Baylor. Yeah, I agree with what you said. Baylor was completely in control this whole game, and they Jared Butler was completely unstoppable from three, and Davion Mitchell was unguardable. If you guys watched the first five minutes or ten minutes of the game. You saw that Davion Mitchell was completely destroying Gonzaga's defense and he was pulling up from everywhere and um, t- using all his handles to get past everyone. And he was really like go- going in between the Gonzaga defenders to get his shot. And I think both of them, like I said, will go in the first round of the draft. And Baylor was way more ready for this game than Gonzaga. I think Gonzaga just relied on their past history and that they were already doing really good. But Baylor came to play. They were a one seed. And that doesn't mean they came to play, but I'm just saying they were one seed. 76% of brackets had Gonzaga versus Baylor as the final. And I think 34-33 had Gonzaga winning it. So I think I think that's like 42% had Baylor winning. So hats off to Baylor. They were completely in control this whole game. And after the 11-1 run that they had in the beginning of the game, that it was 11-1. to Gonzaga was left behind. They, Baylor just left them in. They left them in the dust. 
And Timmy and Kispert got going way too late. Even though Gonzaga shot 55% from the field, Timmy and Kispert just got going way too late. Jalen Sykes had 22 points, but that doesn't matter if you're down. If the other team has takes 20 or 18 more shots than you, it doesn't really matter. They're they're shooting more. They're gonna make more. And Gonzaga again, they weren't getting shots to fall. And Drew, Timmy, and Kispert got their minutes. They just didn't get going the way that most of us expected us to. And Vital under the a basket was getting so many rebounds. I think they out rebounded Gonzaga 38 to 22 or something around that. So they were even getting the rebounds. And Gonzaga was the number one offense in the nation. They only Baylor only held them to around 70 or 80 points. And Baylor went above 80 when they averaged around 75 or 70. So again, they really studied well. They got they got uh, Gonzaga's kryptonite, if you will. And they really deserve to win this game. And if they played ten times over, and it was, and Baylor was this much pre- was prepped more than Gonzaga, like they were, they would win every single time. So congratulations to Baylor for being national champions, um, the, for the first time and after be competing in one tournament, and this was their second. Sam Darnold has been a disappointment for the Jets, but now he's finally in a new situation with the Panthers. How do you think he'll perform there? Um, personally, I well, I think Sam, this was a great trade for both sides. What like the Justin Jefferson, uh, not the Justin Jefferson, like the Stephon Diggs trade to the Bills. And basically, what happened was Sam Donald got traded for a sixth round pick this year and a second and fourth next year, which I think is a really, really good deal for both sides, as I just said. Now, specifically about Sam Donald, he had a he had no weapons in. In New York, besides that one year where you could argue he had um, Robbie Anderson, but that wasn't Robbie Anderson we see in Carolina right now, and he's actually reuniting with him there. So I think this, I think that Sam Darnold actually has now that he has weapons, Christian McCaffrey, DJ Moore, Robbie Anderson, their offensive line is not too bad. There and t- Teddy Bridgewater can help him and mentor him. I think that this this Sam Darnold will be a top fifteen quarterback next year. He, really? Yes, he, right now? yes, he never had the weapons in New oh, York. And I said that New York should draft Jamar Chase at number two because they should have believed. I think they, they had a good quarterback. They had a franchise guy that didn't have weapons. I said that. You go, you guys can go listen to the draft episode. He just, he's not. How have you proved that with weapons he can play? That's what I'm saying. He didn't have weapons, so he had. But so in how college, that with because weapons? Because in in college, he in college he was doing, and they have one of the best teams in the country. Exactly, and, which is why he performed and well, and why he was taking number two overall. Okay, college DBs and NFL DBs, first of all, are way different. Second of all, college, that, but college, college defensive linemen and NFL defensive linemen. I know, I get are that. Way different. And you're not going to have one of the best teams in the country in the Jets. Anyway, you know I when you get drafted so high, that means your team's pretty bad, and you have to lift them up. Anyway, I think that with that trade to Sam Darnold, now they can get maybe um, a a defensive player or maybe even Kyle Pitts at number eight and give Sam Darnold another weapon. And I think Sam Darnold is going to start over Teddy Bridgewater. Unfortunately, Teddy Bridgewater had that knee injury. Otherwise, he was was the Vikings franchise guy. He was very, very good on the Vikings. And remember, he was a top, I think, almost top five quarterback one year. So I think he'll easily be able to mentor Sam Darnold. And the Panthers picked up Sam Donald's fifth-year option as well. So they have three years, or two years with him, his fourth year right now, and his fifth year next year with the Panthers. 
And I think that this will this will greatly, greatly benefit Sam Darnold going to a new situation under Matt Rule, who coached Baylor football uh, two years ago. So I think that honestly, the uh, I think honestly, Sam Darnold is not going to be starting by the end of this year what? in Carolina. He, I, I, as I've said, he's not a great player in the NFL. Remember his pro day? It was raining cats and dogs, and not a ball touched the ground, and he got. A standing ovation, but still, it just really hasn't gone for him yet, and nothing's really worked for him, and he really hasn't had a great career so far. He did have Robbie Anderson, and he did have C.J. Herndon, and he did have... Okay, you're going to count Chris Herndon as a weapon, and Le'Veon Bell, you're going to count them as weapons? I'm just trying to list his best players. Yeah, his best players over three years with the team. If you only have three best, three really good players on offense with the team in four, in three years, that means your team is not doing anything right. And the Jets or, are not doing anything means right. You're not doing anything right. Okay, you're saying, okay, Sam Darnold is to blame for this then? Yes, he is. He's to blame for his team's poor performance. When you get drafted high overall, it means that you're going to have to carry your team. I get because that. that means that your team was bad enough to draft Yes, I get that his te- he has to carry his team. But you can't carry your team when you have no weapons and you've been bad for three years. If not Sam Darnold's bad, the Jets have been bad. And they just have not drafted help for him. So, ever. So even if we're going off what you're saying, Sam Darnold will only top as an average QB. The great You players- only need an average QB when you have a good team. Okay, but still, I don't believe that Sam Darnold will start. I think he's still going to play, and hopefully I'm wrong. Hopefully he does become a better player. But so far, what we've seen off when he played in New York, he was not good. And the Jets were more of a comedy like a comedy show than a football team, if I'm Whoa. being honest. But that doesn't... Okay, so you're saying Sam Darnold is a cause for the comedy show? Sam Darnold, yes. Okay, he, he okay what about their defense? He cannot help their defense, and their defense has been bad for the, for like the past five years. That's not really true. Their defense is not horrible. Their defense is horrible. Their defense is pretty good. Besides Marcus May and who, when they had Avery Wilson, a- Avery Williamson, that's it. Quinn Williams. Quinn Williams has not really developed into a player. He's turning into one. I, I agree with that. But he has not developed as a, pl- as a game wrecker as of right now. He is not a game wrecker right now. Well, you don't need game wreckers if you have pieces that you can put together. And I believe Teddy Bridgewater on the same Jets team would do better than Sam Darnold did. I disagree with that. But what do you think? Who think? Who do you think got a better deal? Or the Panthers giving up a sixth round, second, and fourth round pick? I think the or Jets. The, or the Jets. Sam Darnold is a lost cause to me. Well, if, if, if he was, if if I was the Jets GM, I would trade him as fast as I could. And I'm not hating on him, but just the way he's been playing. It, it just show it, it doesn't give me a good feeling, and it shows that he's not ready for this NFL thing. Maybe he will in a couple of years, but now they can rebuild and draft a whole new QB and get ready to start winning again. And hopefully, they can get they can get a pretty good uh, quarterback who will become their franchise quarterback. ESPN came out with their list of the top twenty-five NBA players. Under age 25, and they ranked Luca 1, Zion 2, LaMelo Ball 3, and Donovan Mitchell and Jason Tatum rounding out the top 5. Do you think they got this right? Not at all. I mean, Devin Booker is literally number 8 on the list. 
and Devin Booker is literally leading his team. A lot of people are projecting them to go deep into the playoffs. He's literally leading his team so far, and they say he's eighth. I'll tell you players that aren't as good as him. Zion isn't as good as him. Lamelo isn't as good as him. Jason Tatum is not as good as him. What? Jason Simmons is not as good as him. And De'Aaron Fox, debatable, but I'd say not as good as him. Me me too. So I'd start with Luka, then I'd go Devin Booker, then I'd go Zion, Donovan Mitchell, De'Aaron Fox, then I'd go Lamelo, then Jason Tatum, Ben Simmons, and then it's pretty good after that. Okay. First of all, LaMelo Ball is ranked number three on this list. I had Donovan Mitchell, Jason Tatum, De'Aaron Fox, Devin Booker, John Moran, and Trey Young, and Jamal Murray, and Jalen Brown, too. He is not that good, okay? He's played 30 games, maybe. And they're saying that he has the most, the third most potential and is the third best on this list. I extremely disagree with that. Now, Luka is a lock for number one, in my opinion. Zion is number two. I'm okay with that. And then, num- wait, first let's talk about Trey Young, who's number 16. Trey Young has fallen off, not fallen off this year, but the Hawks are not good this year. But that does not mean Trey Young is 16. Trey Young's better than Michael Porter Jr. He's better than Jamal Murray and Brandon Ingram and SGA, who's number 10. And it's may- maybe Bam Adebayo, too, who's 9. So I-, I would rank Luka, Zion, and then I would rank Devin Booker third because he's been showing out the past two years. Donovan Mitchell, Jason Tatum, Ja, and then Trey. That's what I would do, and maybe Trey and Ja. Trey then Ja. You can change the order, but I think that they, they got this completely wrong. I think they ranked by a lot more by potential than by how good they actually are. If I if I'm trying to analyze this, and also they ranked based off of like the latest performances. De'Aaron Fox was really really good coming out of Kentucky the last the two years he was. He was. Extremely, extremely good ex- with Buddy Heal too. They were an unstoppable duo for you guys who remember that, and they were showing out. And now he's ranked number six behind Donovan Mitchell and Jason Tatum, and Lamelo Ball too. That doesn't make any sense. So I think they uh, they got this completely wrong. And even Shea Gigas Alexander uh, is not ten. He's higher than that. He's maybe number eight or seven. And Ben Simmons is not seven. He's a little bit higher, too. So I think they got this completely wrong. But again, it's at the end of the day, it's ESPN's rankings. And they they did, they did ranked it off potential and latest play. But I think they have to look at the career stretch and also the latest play to determine who's the best player and who are the top 25 players under 25 that they would put on this list. Thankfully, Tiger Woods is okay, but a few weeks after his crash, we're getting some new updates and news. First, he thought after the crash, he thought that he was in Florida instead of uh, California. His go- his uh, blood pressure was very, very low. Another part is that there was an empty pharmaceutical bottle that was found in a backpack at the scene of the crash with no label or anything on it, and it was completely empty. What I'm thinking is, why would he put the why would he put the bottle in his backpack if he wasn't taking it while he was in the car or wherever he was going? He wouldn't have he, like it was it was already empty. So why would he keep it in his backpack? Why wouldn't he throw it out? So that hints that maybe he had something in the car 
And actually, previously in 2017, there were a few incidents of him getting arrested for DUI, driving under influence. So that might explain that. Yeah, they and he he didn't even apply his brakes at all. If he steered uh, steered to correct the direction of his travel or used his brakes, he wouldn't have collided, and the collision would have not occurred. Is what uh, says, but is what Sergeant Michael Downing said, who was at the scene. And the most frightening part is when he was about to hit the tree, he actually pressed on the accelerator at 99%. So all of this is hinting that maybe he was asleep while he was driving, and that might have been the cause of the incident. And actually, again, previously, Tiger Woods has had issues with sleeping, so again, that also might explain that. Um, if A lot of this is explained in his documentary, so I recommend you guys check that out. But also... In twenty or uh, in two thousand seven, he I mean twenty seventeen, he actually had a bunch of issues, and he had, uh, like I just said, he had had issues with uh, driving under influence. He had issues with his sleeping, and it, it connected with his mental patterns or something like that. And so all in all, he just he's in he apparently he got better from twenty seventeen, where there was a huge blowout about all of this. But again, that, this is a huge issue, and I think he's putting his life at risk, whether he's doing it on accident or on purpose, like you said. And he's such a great, great athlete, and his good friend, Michael Jordan, um, he, his good friend is actually Michael Jordan, who said that the thing about Tiger Woods is he can't erase it, and that he, he really wants his victory, but he wants to erase the things that have happened in the past. This was in 2016. But he just, he can't stay away from alcohol, which I don't want to get too much into this, but this is what um, Golf Digest is saying. And he's, again, had a lot of issues with his brain, with his sleeping, and with his decision-making and self-control. So he's such a great athlete, and he's a great mentor for his son. But at this point, I just, I don't know what caused it. I mean, there's no explanation for what caused his issues. But hopefully he gets better soon, because we want to see him back on the green. But... I don't think, I think he, now, like I said, when he first got injured in our episode, I think that this is just going to be him mentoring his son, and hopefully he doesn't get into these issues again, because we all love Tiger Woods. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Two Brothers and Their Sports Podcast. If you're listening on YouTube, make sure to hit that like button and that subscribe button, and make sure to turn post notifications on so you're always notified when we drop a new episode. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, make sure to leave a review. We check those daily, and we will make sure to feature your comment in the next episode. Until next time, we're we're the two brothers and their sports podcast.